Mine's bigger than those okay. headphones. Can you tell, say, hi, Grandma, I love you. Hi, Grandma, I love you. Can you say, welcome to. Welcome to. Another week. Another week. Of. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> can I put those headphones on? Oh, yeah. Can you. Colin loves the Packers. Say, bum, tick. Bum, 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 bum tick. tick. Go, Pack, go. I bet Ross does go, Pack, go, too. He has a Packers, he has a teddy bear called Go, Pack, go. Oh. What's it? Ross has a teddy bear that's called Go, Pack, go. Because he's wearing a pack, that teddy bear's wearing a Packers shirt. Um, can you put those headphones on? Um, I'll put, how about I put these headphones on? No, those. Those big ones? Yes. Okay. Oh, Mommy's back. I think you have to go with Mommy now. I can't reach those headphones. It's mommy, too hard. Do you, mommy, do you want to sit on the floor on the yoga mat and watch? <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're going to go podcast. We're going to podcast. Everyone just watch me podcast. Did you already podcast? Are you ready to go play? I'm, I'm, I'm not done. Yes, do you want to stand right here and watch? I'll stand right here and watch if you're going to record something. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. I'm Dan Schrader, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Uh, also in Portland, although not in the Beaverton Podcast Studios. Uh, folks, there's still a pandemic out there. We're yep. not turning the corner. Nope. Don't believe, don't believe it. It's worse than it ever has been. What's the opposite uh, not, of turning a corner? Receding behind a corner? <laughs> Slinking away. Yeah, hiding. Uh, uh, yeah. Ryan Palmer is uh, safely distanced. Very very um you could say more than a stone's throw away um i am in a different studio today um just trying out different audio situations here so hopefully cliff is uh you know hopefully this is better better this week than it was was last so uh try to improve every week that's the goal continuous improvement love to see it uh mike in minneapolis I'm I'm a, I'm in a very similar situation as Palmer actually right now. We're both in you know a B studio. I can tell I can tell from the angle, the background that you know we're both in a similar kind of setting. I, I won't go into more detail. You know, there's yeah, chinchilla, that, chinchilla. There's certain things we don't want to let the listeners in on, uh, <laughs> but it, it feels in some ways like Ryan is right next to me, which is which is a beautiful thing. <laughs> um, I also have to say I have to give a big. Uh, well, let me let me back up. This summer, I gave the listeners a lot of a lot of shit uh, because nobody wished my wife a happy birthday. <laughs> and what kind of hypocrite would I be if I didn't use this podcast and this platform I have to wish a very happy birthday to Ryan's wife? I'm not going to say her name because I don't know if that's chinchilla or not, but a very happy birthday to her. Uh, I'm sure she's when she listens to this, when she hears this, she'll be very appreciative of of this birthday wish. I knew she For would sure. be, and and I don't I don't know Dan or Colin's wife's birthday, so I'm gonna need to get those. <laughs> get them on the calendar. Set up the notification. That nine a.m. ping morning of very important. Yep. very important. Yep. <laughs> Live by the calendar, die by the calendar. That's exactly right. Um, I I don't have a good intro this week, so I think we just gotta go. The listeners, let me tell you about the listeners. Yeah. They're the best. They've really been carrying this <laughs> they pod. Are the best. Oh, I have one other thing actually that's sort of intro related. Um, Go on. I'm, I love potting with you guys. It's l- quite possibly my favorite thing to do um, that doesn't involve, you know, my family and my wife. Uh, although you guys are kind of like a family. So I don't even know, but I, I love it. But I'm really, I'm a little distracted because another thing I love to do is quizzes and there was a quiz uh, that U.S. Soccer put out this morning that I didn't have time to do and I briefly thought about us just doing the quiz 
on the podcast, which would this be live. the worst, the worst audio content of all time. <laughs> Just uh, run it. We're not going to do that. Maybe we'll tweet it out or something. Uh, but man, I love a quiz. That's all. What is the what is the uh, at least what's the um, theme of the quiz? So Landon Donovan got his national team debut twenty years ago today, and the quiz is: Can you name every player who has played with Landon Donovan on the national team? So they have appeared in a game oh, oh, in which Landon Donovan also appeared. Wow. So it's That's a lot of like, players. Can you just name players who have played for the national team in the last yeah. 20 years or whatever? Yeah, exactly. That's a uh, lot of is, players. There's got to be 300 of them. Yeah, it's a lot. It's the exact kind of quiz that I, that I really love where like you don't have to know that much. You can just type in a bunch of names. It's on Sporkle for those of you who know Sporkle. So this is, this is going to be 20 minutes that I spend either today or in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> Jermaine Jones, type it in. He's on there. <laughs> Let me write these down so I don't forget them. <laughs> uh, all right, emails. Great job from the listeners. Uh, yeah, really good stuff. First email is from Keevan. Um, he's he's upset by the proliferation of streaming services uh, that you have to either pay or have a login to to watch soccer in this country. CBS All Access, Peacock, ESPN Plus, BN. Uh, how many platforms do I have to subscribe to in order to watch world-class soccer? It's absurd, and I think it has a direct impact on why U.S. soccer development hasn't been able to catch up. Youth obviously will be more interested in soccer and engaged in the sport if they have er uh, easier access to watch from a young age. So he wants to get our thoughts. Um, Palmer? I mean, I I absolutely agree with, with uh, the... I think he, he quotes... Uh, it really grinds my gears, um, and I I agree with that. It it is uh, gear grinding, but it's also we say this every pot I think, um, and Cliff can splice this in whenever he wants. Uh, it's it's just it's all about cream. Um, soccer has become more popular, uh, more people are watching it here in the states, uh, and so you just know it, at at any point it's going to go behind a paywall because it's all a money grab. So. Um, this was bound to happen. The kind of wild, wild west of uh, soccer viewing um, that was a couple years ago when NBC Sports got it and they just decided to broadcast every single game, which is was incredible. Oh, um, that was amazing. That wasn't going to last that long. It really, it was, that just was not a model that was not going to be uh, sustainable financially. Um, the, the Champions League stuff has, it like last year uh bleacher report you had to pay to watch certain games um this was bound to happen it's happening in england um we talked about that i think last week about uh just how it's very similar to nfl here where you get maybe like one or two games um, nationally broadcast and then you have to kind of pay to see the team that you want to see um and that's starting to happen here and i think uh, to to keep to Kevin's point, like I don't know if it's gonna hurt development. I think um, if people want to watch soccer, they'll turn it on and they'll pay for the things that they want to pay for. Like that's that's how it happens. Like no one actually boycotts things; they just complain about having to pay for it and then they pay for it. So yeah, I just b before Dan responds, I just want to do one quick aside, which is I feel like we we always ask Cliff to splice in cream. And that's great, but we should really broaden our horizons. And so I'm going to ask Cliff, maybe he's already spliced in cream, but I'm going to ask this week if he could splice in money by Cardi B. I was born to flex, diamonds on my neck. I like boarding jets, I like more than sex. But nothing in this world that I like more than checks. Money. All I really want to see is the money. I don't really need to be any the money. All a bad bitch need is the money. I got pants in the coop. And just, we can just think of other money songs. There's a lot of them out there. I mean, that Cliff can splice in. Yeah, sure. Fresh. Mo money, mo problems for sure. Who's hot, who not? 
sell out in the stores? You tell me who flop, who cop the blue drop, who jewels got pops, who mostly goes down to the blue drop. The same old pimp, mace, you know ain't nothing changed but my limp. Can't stop till I see my name on the blimp. Guarantee me yourself, pull a level up. You don't believe in Harlem? Sure, sure. Um, all right, Dan, sorry, back, back to the, the question at hand here. Pink Floyd has a song called that. I, I mean, Colin's not here, obviously. It's not that we've just forgotten to introduce him and he's sitting quietly. Uh, but I, I feel... Couldn't like be bothered. To, yeah, somebody's got to play the Colin role. So here it is. There's more soccer on television in the United States than anywhere else in the world. So, like, I'm not sure I buy the idea that not having more is what's holding development back because they're not watching Bundesliga in England. Right. Without a subscription to something. Right. I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but like probably they're not watching whatever else. Right. La Liga. So I don't I'm not sure I buy that part of the argument. But what I do hate about this, I mean, in the end, I agree with Keevan um, because I don't it is a money grab. And I think it's dumb because if you look at a company like Amazon, who I think operates at a loss every year, but they like are just this huge like saturating every single market there is they operate totally on eyeballs and usage right and like they're the most one of the most valuable companies in the world even though they've like i don't know if they've never made a profit or like they will you know whatever only made profits over the last few years something like that because it's just about expansion of like volume of people and so deciding to put everything behind a paywall so that you can extract money from fewer people seems really dumb. It doesn't seem like the business model of the future to me. Yeah. Um, and it's infuriating. I mean, I think another point to, to get back to the first thing you said, which is like there's more soccer in the U.S. than in any other country. There's also more soccer in the U.S. now than there was 20 years ago. Like yeah. when we were growing up, I remember... Uh, you know, I got cable when I was 13. This was a big moment in my life after pestering my dad for a long time. <laughs> and there was still hardly no soccer. And there was channel, I think 98 was like some weird like German channel that we just got randomly. And it would show Bundesliga games that were probably like three weeks to three years old. And I would still <laughs> watch them. And that was great. And now, I mean, it's good. Like, I again, I don't disagree with what Kevin's saying, but there's also so many opportunities for people whether you're kids or you know old farts like us to watch soccer now compared to you know the late 90s right or going even further back yeah um do you guys another thing kevin kevin asks and i don't even know if u.s soccer can do anything about this but he says maybe u.s soccer can step in and and help get something you know figured out so we don't have to pay for eight different services to watch games like is that something that you think I mean, U.S. Soccer's got a lot of shit to figure out, but like, <laughs> is that Low something you'd, you'd want? You'd want the the federation to get into, or do you think like that's outside their purview? Uh, I mean, I think that's way outside their purview. Like, what what is shown on television? It, the U.S. Soccer Federation is going to get involved in that. that. That doesn't sound like it's. I would say, uh, not important to focus on. Like the viewing of soccer in America, I just don't, that just doesn't seem like something they need to focus on. Yeah. I will just say, you know, the ultimate, maybe not the ultimate cheat code, but a great cheat code is just watching games in Spanish. Like Univision, uh, that they, they put that shit out there. Yep. And I can't remember if you need a, a login for Univision, but like they have a lot of games. Um, so, yeah. you know, get after that. I watched Spurs, uh, I can't even remember who they played, in the Europa League on, I think it was Telemundo, um, and I had it on in the background during the day, and then uh, and then I watched what looked to be a hilarious um, soap opera-y uh, Spanish language television show. Uh, I think it was... Just let it run after? Yeah, and it, it looked hilarious. Um, so I, I kind of watched that too. So it was great. Expand my horizons. There's great TV out there. Boom. There you go. Even brush up on your Spanish. Get some games for free. <laughs> Tottenham played Lask. Who are Lask? Yep. And they beat them. 
I think they're um, LASIK doctors. They just, they for some reason, dropped the eye. <laughs> Not sure. Unconfirmed. Uh, next email is from Rudy. So before we get into the, the main thrust of his email, he wants to let us know that Palmer's fandom is paying off for Antigua GFC. Uh, they won their match uh, to qualify for the CONCACAF League on Let's penalties. Go. Appreciate the support from Portland. Great stuff, Palmer. Great stuff, let's, Colin, for getting Palmer's face go. in there. Absolutely. We that's, we need to get a, an, a a refresh, I think, of Palmer's face for the CONCACAF League for Antigua GFC. Absolutely. Just add another one. Add another one. <laughs> Two Palmers. Two Palmers is new, always better than one. Exactly. That's the new fan bounce. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So the Rudy's email, uh, he wants to let us know there was a record broken this week in the CONCACAF League during the preliminary phase, uh, uh, Motagua from Honduras versus Comunicaciones from Guatemala went to a penalty shootout with 36 penalties. I believe that's 18 rounds. Uh, Montagua, Motagua won 15 to 14. I mean, wow. So this, uh, this adds to a lot of questions from Rudy. This is kind of a, a potpourri of questions, so choose whichever ones you like. So he wants to know for us, would you rather be the first or last penalty kick taker or somewhere in between? Uh, do you think the pressure is more if you're one of the first five or if you are one of like the sort of second class kickers who has to go because things are still tied? Um, if you have a penalty kick shootout that goes more than 11 rounds and you have to kick a penalty a second time, do you take the same penalty as your first time? Or do you do a you know a, a different direction or location? Uh, any goalkeeper insights for you two goalkeepers? And then finally, he says, do you think it's preferable to repeat kickers or to bring people off the bench after the, all the field players have taken their penalties? Is that a reasonable rule? I have a slight amendment to this as well, which maybe this should have gone under the goalkeeper insights, but at what point should we re require switching goalkeepers? If you go through all 11 <laughs> penalty kick takers, do we also need to switch out the goalkeeper? So... You know, Dan, have at it. There's a lot in there. Just take what you like. Uh, I think it's less stress to go after the fifth because you don't really know that you're going to take the kick until you have to so that you don't have to think about it. If you're like third, you know during the first and the mm. second, you're thinking about your kick. If you're ninth, you don't really <laughs> know until after the eighth that you're kicking. So Yeah, that's true. Um, I think I think there's that. Uh, Would you just be sitting there the entire time? God, I hope this... Please end this. Please end this. Please, <laughs> Please end miss this. It. Just don't let me be the guy. By the thirteenth guy, you're like, oh my god, it's gonna be me. I'm gonna have to take this. <laughs> I think all second round penalty kicks should be um, trick shots. So you have to take it like with your non dominant foot, or it has to be a panenka, or uh, you know, like the behind the back, behind the other ankle chip, or something. I was thinking it would be great if there was like a wheel. That gets spun with like different kind of trick shots, and the kicker can see it, but the goalie can't. And so you're like, ah, oh, shit! No, I have to do a backfield yeah. penalty here. She's yeah. <laughs> so good, uh, Mike. I like your idea that after 11, the goalie has to switch. But I think on top of that, the other team should get to guess or get to pick which of the players goes in goal Ooh. for the yeah for your team. Ooh, I oh, like that. That is good. I like yeah. that. So you can choose who you think is the weakest goalkeeper. I think that after just to kind of end this a little sooner so it doesn't go 18 rounds, I think after the, uh, if it gets to the fifth round, the sixth round has to be the goalkeepers have to take the penalty. Mm. I like that. Goalkeeper like versus goalkeeper. I like the idea of each penalty after the fifth one, the ball moves back like a yard. Ooh, so I like that. It's a 13, 13 yard penalty, 14, 15. And then, you know, Eventually, you're just like you're hitting like a 23 yard penalty just kick. Absolute bomb! That would be amazing. <laughs> Does that also mean that the field has to have dots at each yard all the way out to like the midfield circle? I think you just magic spray it. Yeah, magic spray. Okay, all right. Um, but yeah, I I, I think that could be could add for a fun wrinkle. I like that. I mean, obviously, we'd prefer a rap battle to all this, but. True. 100%. Rap battle while juggling. 
I think my actual honest answer to one of these, uh, people off the bench should not take penalties. They're not warmed up. That seems like a bad idea. They should be people that were on the field. So I'm keeping that part of the rule just as it is. I like that. That's yep. fair. That's fair. Do you, do you change? So let's say you go right on your first penalty. If you have to take it again, do you change your direction or do you go the same way? This is the head game. You've got to just be watching the goalkeeper and what they're doing too, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I, I can't answer that without knowing where we are and the strategy <laughs> of it all. Dan's playing 40 chess over here. If you're the, right. if you're the goalie, do you do who is it? The Peter Check who like pointed to the side? Who was it who did that? Famously oh, in like I the Champions League finals. Yeah, That's, I don't know. I don't remember. That is good. That is good. I've always kind of wondered if a goalie should just go the same way every single time and see what uh what kicker flinches first, you know. Mm. Or go the same way like four three in a row, four in a row, and yeah. then go the opposite way, the fifth one. Because randomizing it feels like not a good... Just make sure you've got one post covered. Eventually, somebody's going to kick it that way. Like You only need one save to be the hero as a goalie. Just right. keep, keep covering your one spot and wait for somebody to, to get in their own head and kick it there. <laughs> yeah. Also How many penalty point? shootouts were either of you involved in as a, as a player? Uh... Actual shootouts? Yeah. I can only think of maybe one or two. Yeah, it's about the same. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, seen plenty of penalties. <laughs> Spoken like a grizzly veteran. <laughs> <laughs> you want to shout out anybody for uh, conceding those penalties? You need to no, get anything I'm, off your chest here? No, chinchilla. All right. We all know. We all know. <laughs> uh, any other penalty kick thoughts shootout thoughts uh, no this is great though yep, yep I do you know we have often discussed better options than actual penalty kicks but yep. uh, some of these ideas for just making the penalty kicks more interesting would would achieve similar things you could you could keep the spirit of it in there and, and just make it more interesting yeah so I'm on board with this Rudy there, there really should be a, a commission brought together by FIFA. Let's update those laws. I mean, I really more interesting. I think what should happen is that the uh, penalty shooter or penalty taker starts with the ball at half field, and he gets to run it all the way up to the goalkeeper as if it's like a one-on-one -on -one breakaway. I don't think we've seen that before. No, that's that is revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> There is a, I mean, the IFAB does this, right? Uh, there is a commission. And I think this week, didn't Arsene Wenger, who is now like FIFA's development coordinator or something, come out and say that he would update the throw-in rule if he could? What What uh, would that be? What? So his reasoning was Somewhere that, Rory DeLapp is like, let me back in the game. <laughs> Uh, I think the, the reasoning the, the, is, the Liverpool throwing coach is like really worried about job security right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Wenger said that like the statistics show that if you're taking a throw in in your defensive half, then you have a guy taking a throw in. So you only have 10 players left on the field. So you're short sided. Mm. And like he's in the article, the quote said 80% of throw ins from the defensive half end up as a turnover. So it's a, it should be an advantage. If the other team kicks it out of bounds, that's, mm, right. you know, in a way against the rules. So you get the advantage because you get the ball. Yeah. But it's actually a disadvantage because you end up losing the ball most of the time. So that his argument is just that the rules need to be adjusted so that um, you can maintain advantage with a throw-in. Uh, so he suggested a kick-in. Other people were suggesting, like, any throw of any kind uh or you know any two-handed throw it doesn't have to be like both feet down it doesn't have to be over your head whatever a roll um, in but just like yeah right um god that would so, be so weird i feel like there are people out there that are officially uh associated with the game making making crazy comments i mean how often does like a a goal kick i mean i guess now with the goal kick rule being like you can collect the ball within the 18 yeah they just uh, changed that that I guess ends up with more possession, but like, you know, any goal kick that is a long kick uh, up the field is 
ostensibly a 50-50, right? So it's not like, um, I mean, I understand you are off the field, so you're down a person technically. Uh, this just doesn't seem like it's a rule that really needs to be changed. This is some like backdoor analytic, like <laughs> uh, weird stats. It's like, you know, sometimes this ends up in a goal. It's just like, uh, I don't know. This is absolutely a person that has a job that's generating a need for their own job. Yeah. That's all like <laughs> my 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 dad has gotten really obsessed with telling me about Parkinson's law, which uh if you don't know is a law that some guy came up with uh that says work fills the amount of time available. So basically like if you have more time, you just find more things to do to fill that time or if you have less time, vice versa. And yeah. this feels like a great example of that. That Arson, yes. Arson needs less time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Time for him to retire. Man, great stuff. Who knew that a question on penalty kicks would lead to a thrilling discussion about the future of the throw ins? <laughs> <laughs> uh, next email is from George. He says With the point today, West Ham is really getting me excited for at least the fun season where we challenge for the Europa League. We all know that hope is a dangerous thing in the Premier League. My question is a bit more abstract. abstract. What do you want to see from a team to think that they actually that they have actually improved as opposed to just getting lucky? It's a great question because it's a good question. You know, I think we spend a lot of time deciding whether to be hopeful or not. Um, I will just point out that <laughs> West Ham is, you know, in in 12th place right now. Obviously, the season's early, so there's not a big difference between 12th place and first place, but you know, hasn't hasn't been like an incredible start from West Ham, but yeah, like how do how do we judge at, especially early in the season when we don't have you know a lot of uh, games to uh, to review to say like oh this team is actually good versus they just got some lucky bounces. I feel like Palmer, you're you know often evaluating Spurs with a <laughs> a negative lens, a very uh, critical eye. <laughs> <laughs> critical is a much better word than negative. <laughs> I mean, I think that. Uh... You know, I don't know if it's like just getting lucky, but like if you think about the way that West Ham has been playing, especially, you know, I'm thinking in uh, in terms of last week and they were down 3-0 and they continued to kind of play. They, they worked for a goal. Um, I think that's more of a, a indication of where a team is at, at least mentally. Um, that might be showing a little bit more fight than than in years past, right? Like, would this West Ham team just kind of uh, take the 3-0 loss and possibly kind of ship a little bit more goals? Or uh, the fact that they were able to come back and, and draw 3-3, um, they've had a couple good wins, a uh, couple good games um, in, the, in the last couple games. Uh, you know, a 1-1 um, tie against... against uh, City, who's not playing great, but like still, uh, that's that's a game that you think that that West Ham should probably lose, and they're coming away with a point. Um, so I think those games, that's what you need to look for: is those games that they should lose. Uh, how are they? How are they finishing in those games? Are they are they at least getting a point in those games? Um, that I think would be showing improvement. I. So, uh, you know, 12th, I'm just frantically Googling their Premier League results <laughs> here. Uh, started with two losses. In their last four, though, a 4-0 win over Wolves, a 3-0 win over Leicester, a remarkable draw last week with Tottenham, and yep. then a 1-1 draw against City. That, those last four are great. Yeah. I mean, Wolves is the type of team that they should be competitive with if they want to be in the Europa League. Um, Leicester, same thing, right? And they're drawing with... City and Tottenham like yeah George I think th those are nice results I don't know what happened at the beginning with two no lost to Newcastle isn't how you want to start your season but um I'd be hopeful I mean what what are we doing if not having a little fun yeah <laughs> dream dream baby yeah I think I think you know another thing to look at is like how are you doing in games that this is kind of like the flip side of what Palmer was saying like maybe games that you should win like are you winning them easily you know, are you, I'm bad example here, but like, are you playing against Newcastle and beating them 5-0 instead of 1-0? Or, you know, 
Fulham or whatever. Uh, Are you making hard work of the easy ones? Yep, yep. Um, so, like, I just remember growing up uh, watching watching NFL games, and like, you know, I was I was a fan of the uh, the Washington football team for better or for worse. Uh, and like, <laughs> even when we had like good starts, we would be you know like five and one, but we'd win all of our games by like two points, which you know in the NFL is not a lot. Uh, and so you just like you just waiting for it to collapse. You're like this right. team isn't good; they're just getting lucky. And right. so. You know, good teams in all sports, like when they're playing teams that are worse than them, they don't drop to the level of their opponents. They just surpass them. They stay at the level that they're at. And so I think that's like another way to measure like how good your team is. Because, you know, great points from from Spurs the last couple or from West Ham the last couple of weeks against City and um, and Spurs. But like also the games that are really going to help them get to Europa League are you know, making sure they win the games they they are supposed to win and not drawing them or losing them, getting the full yep. three points. So, yep, I think that's that's another way to kind of kind of look at things. I think expected goals is the uh, statistical way to do this. I don't know if Palmer, you mentioned that in your first little uh, discussion point, but uh, I did not mention expected goals. I don't talk about stats, Dan. I don't like stats. <laughs> If you're looking for a stat that helps you understand <laughs> if the underlying uh, metrics are good, look for your expected goals. If, um, we shouldn't be expecting Palmer to talk about expected goals. That's <laughs> that's my stat of the day. Uh, West Ham lost on expected goals to Manchester City yesterday. So, um, you know, good to get a draw out of it. Both teams under one expected goal, however. So it's not like it was a blowout. Um I also just looking at those West Ham results, they you know uh, beat Leicester. Made me really wonder why we pronounce Leicester the way we do. Oh, it's weird. It's a really good question. Weird? God, I wish yeah. I wish I knew, but unfortunately, my knowledge of like old English and Latin isn't really good. Uh, but if only. Well, maybe we'll look into it at some point. Okay. Um, I will say that West Ham is playing Liverpool next week, so uh, George. Keep keep everything in in check. Yep. And it looks like just focus guys... on the expected goals next week, George. That's all. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, I'm not saying expected goals settles games. I'm saying if you're looking for trends. <laughs> uh, oh man. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. All right, we got an email from Colin Smith. I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, Smythe. Colin Colin sent uh, didn't read an email that I sent in a few weeks ago, and I'm very petty. I'm just gonna skip this email. Yes. Colin. <laughs> you know, you reap what you sow, baby. Uh, oh man, West Ham should have beaten Arsenal on expected goals a couple weeks ago. That's <laughs> that's rough for them. And Newcastle, they were better in both of those games. Uh, I'm excited for Dan to just be chiming in every like 30 seconds in the pod like uh west ham's game against uh plymouth argyle in uh 1893 uh they actually goals (laughs) they actually should have been fa cup champions that year but uh little little known fact pedro continuing his streak of emails um this is this is one that we probably should have prepared for uh so he says the question i have this week is very simple who are the best big-headed or five-headed footballers in the game? Yes, this is a very <laughs> random question. Uh, Pedro claims that he has a big head, uh, hat size seven and five eighths. I don't really know how that relates to a. That's my hat like size. A Palmer. To head That's size. my hat size. That's a big head. Big head Palmer. <laughs> That's what we say. Yep. Big old um, dome. Who's who's got a big head out there? Anybody? Uh, I mean, like Giroud's the, got the big forehead. Who? Meaty, meaty forehead, meaty French forehead. Yeah, for Olivier Giroud. Harry Maguire has a big head. Okay. Uh, Taylor Twelman, I think, has a big head. Taylor Twelman definitely sh- has a big head. Not sure he's your uh, the prototype of the type of soccer player you want to be, uh, Pedro. But there's one. Yep. Um, another. I just did a quick uh, soccer player's big head Google. Uh, Jolene Lescott. I was he, that he had was a receding my first, hairline. Yeah, that was my first thought. Is that he definitely had a had a big forehead? <laughs> this is 
Five-headed. I've, I don't know if I've heard that before. A five-headed person? You've Does that never just heard... mean you've got a huge head? Like a forehead, no. but yeah, then you, get, you got a little bit bigger than a forehead, so it's uh, a five-head. It's a five-head. That's, that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know if he's got a big head, but certainly a strong head. You'd have to say uh, Zidane. You know, yes. That mm-hmm. thing true. can really... A lot of force behind it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, are uh, so we thinking about the best headers of the ball? Like, how many... Who scores a lot of headed goals? Cristiano Ronaldo scores a lot of headed goals. Does he have a big head? Or is he just really well, good at putting is, his little head on that ball? It is a perfectly <laughs> proportioned and tanned head. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, as I said, we're really not prepared for this one. This feels like, no. you know, if we had if we'd done the adequate research, one that we really could have... It could have been really in our wheelhouse, but um, for better or for worse... I'm very uh, much against heading the ball. I, you know, yeah, uh, CTE and all that stuff. I think as you age and you're looking for your new skill set, uh, Pedro, just try your hardest to stick yourself right into the Pirlo role where you can blow people up and then just distribute the ball. Exactly. It <laughs> is the classic old man. Uh, as you mature on the pitch, you just move more central and yep. a little bit deeper and yeah. a little bit deeper. The heat map barely leaves the center of the, uh, the center circle. Yep, that's right. It's the way it should be. Become a leader of men. <laughs> um, while while we think a little bit more about you know big heads in soccer, um, Pedro also had a uh, response to my comment about human geography. First oh, of yeah, all, yeah, let's talk geography. I mean, you guys can tune out if you want, but I, I have to I have to touch on this. Um, Pedro <laughs> says he's a big geography nerd. Not to flex too much. But I, I went to the state competition for the geography bee in fifth grade. Come on. Pedro, why would you not flex on that? That yes. is great stuff. I'm still bitter about being knocked out of uh, the geography bee in fifth grade on a kind of a bullshit question. I'll just I'll leave it there. <laughs> Can you wait? Let's have no, it. No, expand. Let's have we it. need uh, this. I'll, we got to know. I'll take it offline. I'll take it offline. No, now. <laughs> no, nope. now. No. Nope. Absolute. What? What is this podcast for if we can't get this story 206 episodes in? What are we doing? Uh, Still too raw to talk about on the <laughs> But that's incredible. Mean, I don't want to make this about me. This is about Pedro. This is even, what was the question about that you don't uh, want to talk about it? It's like uh, you were unwilling to say the racist answer or something. Like what is what? What are you not gonna? I just think that we wow. were. I just, I just think that I was, I was unfairly dealt with. That's all. <laughs> um, wow. But Pedro wants to more know a little bit more about human geography. Well, first of all, Pedro is not major in geography, which is um, maybe a shortcoming. But you know, he's taking a lot of geography classes, so that's great. There's he still wants time, to know Pedro. More about human that. geography as opposed to physical geography. I'll just say, I don't know a lot about physical geography, but I just assume it's geology. It's just, a, it's just a different thing, Pedro. Um, so, so take that as you will, uh, human geography is, is really just the study of people and how spaces affect their lives. So you can take, you know, really just about any discipline and look at it from a human geography lens. Um, it's just, you know, how does the space we inhabit and the, the world we live in affect the decisions we make? So, um, yeah, happy to talk about it more. We can take this offline. I can see Dan's. Dan's lost interest. He's just googling, trying to. He's googling nineteen, you know, ninety-seven Maryland state geography. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to Google yours. I'm trying to Google Pedro's. <laughs> um, Mike, how do how do people and their environments specifically centered around bike lanes? How do they interact? Oh man, Dan, there's there's a there's a lot of uh, literature on bike lanes. I'm not I'm not kidding about you know. How people perceive bike lanes based on their on their race, uh, their gender, their uh, income. So yeah, I mean that's that is an example of you know what kind of other changes we see in neighborhoods before and after bike lanes go in. Maybe not caused by bike lanes, uh, but you know maybe bike lanes are sort of a symbol of other investments that governments are making in neighborhoods that have been historically underinvested in. So you can. Uh, you can hear me, you know, talk more about this on my other podcast, Human Geography Thread Weekly, uh, which is on the same feed. <laughs> it's very good. 
Uh, is, listen, I the answer to this, I want to take some human geography classes now, Mike. So that that yeah. was a great endorsement. You should. Everyone should take human. I mean, you know, we were we were um, blessed to go to and, and privileged enough to go to a liberal arts school where we, you know, were forced to kind of dabble in a lot of different things, uh, even things that we don't think about very much now. Uh, and I think in a lot of ways, that's what, you know, college and learning is, is all about. So, yep. There you Shout go. Shout out to learning. That's all I got. Shout out to learning. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on, on big headed soccer players or human geography? Uh, I got nothing. Oh. All right. Well, on to our, our last email, uh, Jeff Swick. He says, great stuff as always. Would you guys support an NFL style challenge flag once per game for egregious missed calls uh, that somehow didn't go to VAR? Or would you want, you know, an NFL style challenge rather than VAR? Like, rather than put the onus of reviewing plays on the referees, would you rather have the coaches dictate which plays get challenged? And he says, if you're wondering, yes, I watched the Chelsea Man U game and the air assault by aforementioned big-headed person, Harry Maguire. Yeah, this was a really bad... Uh, this was this should have 100% been a penalty. So uh, I saw that Jeff, and I agree with you. That was a uh, that was definitely an opportunity for a uh, throw the little red flag. Here's the issue, though. I think that you can either do everything from everything reviewed from the referee side, or uh, have these uh, challenge flags. Um, Otherwise, if you have too many of these options where uh, the, the coach can like ask for VAR um, and the referee can ask for VAR, then it's just going to be all VAR all the time during these games. So I think one or the other. I know in the NFL there's like specific things that they definitely review, like all scoring plays are always reviewed. Um, and... Uh, I think turnovers are always reviewed, um, and then it just and then it goes to the coach. So I think that there can be uh, maybe an option here where it is something similar to the NFL. Um, I like that because then it it might get the game moving a little bit more, and then we're not like splitting hairs and looking at you know offside and whatever. But I guess. Um, there's only two stoppages really that would happen or one stoppage that would happen in this, in the game would be, uh, for scoring, scoring plays. So, um, I don't know. We parse the, the intricacies of VAR every week. And I feel like we, we don't really come up with a good option other than get rid of it. Yeah. Making this like adding another variable to the VAR, another human to the VAR, yeah. uh, you know, the whole process I think is a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> but I mean, they just haven't proven that they should be able to handle, um, you know, any level of sophistication in the system. So yeah. I think it's just going to fall apart. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's bad. It's yeah. So, so sounds like this group not in favor of challenge flags, at least until, uh, no, maybe if you take the, rest of the VAR away like you were saying then I could get behind it because then you only mess it up at least you know maximum twice a game right but if it's on top of the current situation like it's it's not the right way to fix the problem by making it more complicated yeah wow look at this little fun fact from Jeff about pronunciation of uh, oh man of cities what? in England yeah um, great timing here I'll just read this verbatim I was looking at the slate of games today and wondered why Leicester was pronounced the way it is the first part of the name is usually a river or something else nearby the town, whereas Chester or Castor is taken from the Latin castra for Roman forts or camps. If the first part of the word ends in a vowel, such as Gloucester or Leicester, then the middle syllable isn't pronounced, dropped over time in the 18th century to make it easier to say. If the first part of the word ends in a consonant, you say all the syllables, such as Manchester or Lancaster. I mean, speaking of learning, guys, wow. What a, Did we just what a great, something? man. That was great. That's just, what a great piece of knowledge to have now. Incredible stuff. I mean, up the listeners. 
Uh, up learning. Up learning. Um, up, up human geography. Up, especially up human geography. <laughs> Man, I mean, any any reaction to that other than just like what incredible knowledge we we now have, and I, I don't know what else to say other than thank you, Jeff. Uh, Absolutely, thank you, Jeff. Yeah, great, great knowledge. Soccerthread at gmail.com if you want to teach us something else. Or just, you know, teach us. teach us. We're we're not that smart. I mean, Palmer's pretty smart. He's a teacher. Dan's also pretty smart. He's We're lifelong learners. He's a, he's a PhD. I'm not that smart. Um, so I've got a lot to learn. Soccerthread at gmail.com. <laughs> um my only reaction to this Leicester Manchester thing is that that's a such a dumb rule. Like, <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. If it's a vowel, you drop an entire syllable. It what? W- it would be. A, I don't know. Leicester versus Leicester. Leicester does sound a little weird. Yeah, but the the vowel you're dropping, like in some cases, like can't to cannot, like you drop, you know, you drop the vowel itself. But we're dropping entire like consonant riddled syllables here. This doesn't. It's wild. It's wild. Language. I don't know who's responsible for this. I feel like this is the English and not the Latin that I need to be. I'm, I'm upset with the English. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the old English that. Have you heard them talk? <laughs> no, because I can't can't make heads or tails of it. <laughs> Love it. Um, let's talk about MLS, Mike. DC United, since they got rid of Ben Olsen, which we never got your reaction to, I don't think, because you were not on that week. Uh, you've had. I don't, do you have a new manager? You've had a no manager bounce. We, we have an interim manager. Um, we have we've had a slight bounce. We're on a three game win, win or a three game unbeaten streak and a two yeah. game winning streak. Oh man! Um, watch out, world! Watch out! Apparently, we're still eligible for the playoffs. Um, no, I mean I'm I'm obviously uh, it was it was long past time for Ben to go. Um, I don't know, you know how much of DCU's failings over the past 10 years are his fault versus other problems. But at a certain point, you just, you got to make a change. And sometimes, you know, the coach is the easiest thing to go. I, I definitely don't think Ben Olsen is a great coach, but maybe he is so, and maybe things will get worse, but Mike, it was just time. Is, is the worst case scenario that you guys continue to win, like limp into the playoffs, lose in the first round, and then they hire this interim coach to be uh, their permanent coach because they took him. Uh, he took him to the playoffs. Or I think in a, in a pod uh, a couple weeks ago, I said that they just need to kind of pack it in, um, not worry about the results, and find and search for their next manager of the future. Or is it? Do you do you want to see this winning streak continue? Like, what's what's the uh, what's the play here? Would you, would you like to see your team continue winning? Well, I mean, you know, for for the it, it's uh, it's the the question is like um, for the longer horizon, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, so there's there's different kinds of wins, right? Like, there are wins that yes, at the end of the game, your team has more goals than the other team. But and you have the higher expected good. goals. They, and yes, yeah, obviously good. higher expected right. goals is important. But like, <laughs> you know, there, there's winning when your team feels like they deserve to win and you're enjoying the game because they're just battering the other team. You're scoring goals. You're, you know, the Philly Union and you won 5-0 last night. And you're like, yep, we were better than that team. We played better. We won. And that feels great. And then there's most DC United wins, which is um, we don't play particularly well. Uh, the other team somehow plays worse than us uh, and we get a late goal and that's how we win. Uh, and that's how we've won the last two games. Um, we've got a stoppage time goal and you know, it's, it's great. It's better than losing, but long-term like that kind of fandom sucks. I've, you know, I've been a fan of DC United for a while now and that's how we've been for a long time. And even when we win, it's just kind of that thing with, I was talking about earlier, you're playing with house money. You know this team's not going anywhere. And I think 
what we want as fans is like we want something to shoot for and with dc united like the the highest expectations that we have had for a long time is like well maybe we can make the playoffs and scoop eye into like the second round but like this team's never going to win a championship as yeah. currently assembled we're never we're never going to win a championship with chad ashton i think is his name as our head coach so do i want us to win for the next few games yes i do but but i also if if someone were to say like well if you make the playoffs this guy's going to be your coach and we're just going to continue forward as we have. But if you don't make the playoffs, maybe we'll get in a new coach. Maybe we'll bring in some new players. Right. Um, like that is what I would prefer. I would rather uh, a harder refresh than just like, oh, we're just going to keep doing the same shit we've been doing for five years. But now we have a different head coach than Ben Olsen. Yeah. Like, I mean, don't you think that the the pattern from DC United has been one that they would be like, oh, well, we made the playoffs we were so bad at the beginning of the year. This interim coach came in, took us to the playoffs. Maybe this is the guy. So let's, let's give him a contract. Yeah. I mean like the thing with Ben is, you know, he actually made the playoffs a decent amount. Like Mm -hmm. he would also miss the playoffs and within those misses were sprinkled in like absolutely awful seasons. But like we were very consistent in some ways at coming in like fifth, or fourth in our division, making the playoffs, playing really bad soccer throughout the whole year, and then not winning a playoff game. Like, that was the DC United way. And, right. I mean, it's a club with... They had it, like, up above the door so that you, you tapped it as yeah. your way out on the field. DC United way. DC, coming forth, lose, lose your playoff games. Um, <laughs> and, like, I mean, this sounds kind of, kind of silly because it's been a while since DC has really been, like, a relevant team in the MLS. But, like, we still are in my eyes, like a big club, like a club with a lot of history that have won a lot of titles in MLS. And a big part of, of being a big club is keeping expectations high. And like, you know, Manchester United, they've really struggled since Sir Alex Ferguson left, but nobody has said like, oh, we're doing okay. Like this is good enough, you know? And like, that's a credit to their fans and their players and their managers. And DC United is certainly no Man U, but like to a certain extent, if we wanna, if we want any chance of getting back to being a relevant club in MLS, like we have to hold ourselves to a high standard. And so, just making the playoffs and losing, like apparently that was good enough for a, a while, and probably honestly still is good enough with the current ownership, which I think is part of the problem. Is that you know, we're we're not treating the league in the same way that like a Portland Timbers are where they're saying like, we want to win the league every year. Like there's just a different set of expectations and there's no reason in my eyes why DC shouldn't have the same set of expectations as, you know, Portland or Seattle or LAFC or, you know, other, you know, clubs that have been more successful recently. Yeah. There also seems like there's no reason any team in MLS shouldn't have that goal because it's, there are big spending clubs, but it's still a parity league and you can find ways, you know, like, like Philadelphia is doing to not spend huge and still be very good. So like, why wouldn't you expectation be to win the league every year? Cause it's, it's a toss up. So you might as well get your hat in the ring. So like, yeah, expectations. I, I just have to interject. I don't know if you guys knew that on West Ham, the leader for passes that lead to shots per 90 minutes this season it's a good underlying stat if you're wondering if it's just lucky or good. Ryan Fredericks, uh, only 230 minutes, but man, he he knows how to play a pass that leads to a shot. <laughs> uh, George is getting his West Ham content. He's going to love it. <laughs> I found a great website, understat.com. Uh, a, lot, a lot of good stats there. Go check it out. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Um, what else is going on in MLS? Philadelphia cruising. They beat Toronto handily the other night. Um, Toronto, just as they quietly were top of the table, are now quietly not top of the table. Uh, still on 41 points. They are doing just fine. They'll be in the playoffs. Timbers we, love to talk... give up a late goal. Yeah, they do. Should we talk supporter shield? Uh, malarkey? Uh-huh. Yeah. Malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
so the supporter shield, uh, Dan's favorite trophy, is given out to the team that has the the best regular season record. Uh, it is technically not given out by MLS. It is given out by something I think called like the Supporter Shield Trust, which is a group of people supposedly made up of the different um, supporters groups for every team. Unconfirmed. 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 It's very conv- as everything in MLS, very convoluted. Ryan will have a separate pod where he breaks down the the way this all works. But yeah, I got um, it. Basically, like this year, they just decided that somebody made an announcement like, hey, we're just not going to give this out this year. Uh, the year has been too, you know, disorganized. We're just not going to give it out. And then all the supporters groups were basically like, what? Nobody talked to us about this. We didn't agree to this. We think this should go out. And just a complete, a complete clusterfuck. And just, you know, classic MLS just screwing yeah. shit up. I mean, no one knows who's at the helm. No one really knows. No one knows. Well, and then didn't MLS come back out this week and say like, oh, actually, uh, given it was some ridiculous statement, given the feedback and the like cultural climate or something, it was like, what? What are you talking about? But they're going to give it out. Uh, so, But it's yeah. not theirs to give out. Someone's going to give it out. It will be given. Uh Sporting Kansas City, top of the West. They suck, so I don't want to talk about them at all. <laughs> um, here we go. I I don't really know how MLS is working. I think they're planning on doing playoffs. I don't know how many games are left. Uh, a good argument for not giving out the supporter shield is what what's going on this season? Is yeah. what, what? Right, uh, yeah. It's basically just kind of every few weeks they just kind of make up new rules, which to be fair is like kind of understandable considering we're in the middle of a global pandemic. And yeah. nobody knows what's going on, but it also just does speak to the ridiculousness well, the, of the season. The issue is, is is that no one really knows where they where they stand in the standings because of the COVID nineteen. Like, uh, did you have to cancel games? Or are we going to go by games uh, or points per game to decide the standings? So that could change the supporter shields, right? Yeah. Um, like you could finish with the most points, but if you played the most games and uh, you didn't get a, whatever, if your points per game is lower than whatever Colorado, who's in eighth, uh, did they get the Sporter Shield? Like who knows? Yeah, they just had their first game in in like a month, I think, right. last yeah. night, and you know, not surprisingly, just got absolutely battered because they haven't played in a month. <laughs> Things are going oh, well. It's all so dumb. Jesus Christ. Turn the corner. Yep. Turning that corner. <laughs> hmm. We had Champions League this week. Bayern Munich crushed Atletico Madrid in Group A. Any thoughts about uh, that? I think that's a, the big result this week. Well, maybe not. I really, I think it's the largest in terms of goals. It's think, the standout. I think we just need to defer to Mike and his analysis of Champions League and. Uh, the group stages. So um, go ahead, Mike. Is this is this referencing anything? Did I say uh, something referencing earlier this? this morning where you're like, it doesn't matter. We all oh, know yeah. who's going to win. So why do we yeah. even need to talk about it? I mean, yeah, there's just you know, there's there's five teams that could realistically win the Champions League this year. You know, it's the same five teams as every year. It's like Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern, <laughs> PSG, Liverpool. I don't know, City, maybe a sixth team. Like, you want to throw Juventus in there? Nah, they <laughs> they haven't won a Champions League in like forty five years, so I'm I'm just discounting them. I don't know. Yeah. It just it it feels like there's there's probably more teams that can realistically win, but you look at these groups and it's like almost every group is like two really good teams, two like super clubs, and then two teams just making up the numbers, mm-hmm. and it's just hard for me to get excited about it. Really writing off Ferenc Veros. That's tough. Tough on them. But uh, Serginio Desk getting a lot of starts for Barcelona. He looks like he's actually their plan at left back. Yeah. Uh, and played well in the uh, Clasico apparently this weekend, or best player on Barcelona in a losing effort at least. Yeah, they did yeah. not. They did not uh, play very well. He, but he got run out in the post game interview. Um, so you know, like after the game, every team has to send out like someone to get interviewed. 
and yeah. uh, really just shows like this function that they just take a 19-year-old kid who's starting his, I don't know, second league game uh, who doesn't First speak any Spanish. Ago. Yeah, who like the interviewer starts talking to him in Spanish and he's like, I don't speak, you have to talk to me in English. I don't speak <laughs> Spanish. So I, you know, I think that club is, uh, is in a lot of dysfunction. I mean, that no, is how no you surprise the media, <laughs> but yeah, he, he I, I watched a little bit of that game and he, he did look pretty good on both sides of the ball. Um, he's played right back and left back for them over the past few games. So, you know, something for us to be excited about. It's very exciting. It's- Excellent, excellent. Um, Premier League, Manchester City draws with West Ham, as we already talked about. Uh, what United, else happened? United drew 0-0 with Chelsea, and uh, do we want to get on to Everton? I mean, they're league leaders. I mean, yeah, they lost, though. They're uh, lost, trending down. Lost 2-0 and uh, another red card this morning. I mean, Everton what is the soccer game? Everton in crisis. Just to I, ship Barcelona. I put uh, at the beginning of the year. I put five dollars on Spurs winning the uh, the league um, to return five hundred and fifty dollars. Um, uh-huh. I currently can hedge and win eleven dollars, and I'm really thinking about hedging. Wait, Just take it? Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I don't know what I'm waiting for. We'll see what their result is tomorrow. Wait, is that like eleven? Your money back and eleven on top of that. Or 11 back to... Oh, that's a great return. (laughs) (laughs) It could change. Tottenham is not winning the league. If they win tomorrow, it might... I might get more. So we'll see. Okay, that's that's smart. Oh my God. The life of a Tottenham fan. (laughs) I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. I'm trying to hedge early. And this is a good return, though. Oh, man. Unbelievable. That's All right, kind boys. of shocking that they'd offer you that. But maybe, I know. Maybe it, the numbers people I, know something we don't. It, uh, it was, I was up eight bucks yesterday, and then with uh, City drawing, and now Everton losing, it might be more. It might be more. I, might, I have to check it. Keevan is the only person that's enjoying this. I'll uh, definitely, this yeah, I'll, I'll definitely yeah. be hedging. Let's, yeah, Ru- let's Rudy's honest. definitely turned off the pod by this point, so <laughs> it's just keeping. Yep. All right, I got nothing else, guys. Uh, right, thanks, right, right thanks, in there. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Bye, guys. I think that should be our new intro. Seba. Uh oh. I I don't know what's going on with my audio, but I hope it's better than it is than it was last week. Yep. That's all I'm going for. Just a little bit better than last week every time. Or at least not worse. You're you, you do you use the same uh app that I do? The Are voice record? Yeah. Yep. The thing that says input gain. Yep. Do you have that? Where do you yep. have that lo- where is that located on your uh Okay, I got the same. All right. It says 5.26. Me too. Whatever that means. All right, we're equal. So then it go. all just comes, it just all comes down to the quality of the mic then. And my mic quality is not great, so. Well, it's double mine since there's you, two mics, two mics in the room. Are you still using the, the lapel? Yeah, boy. Mm.
I don't know if you can see it. Attached, oh, it to, attached it to my sternum. Early, early podcasting days, I try, I bought one of the like the headphones with the little mic in it that like yeah. you know they used to use on like ABC uh, college football or whatever. Right. And I thought that was gonna be I thought that was gonna be great, but apparently it was really shitty. So uh, that's my story. I don't know. It's one of those like gaming mics. I don't I don't know. I just thought it would be great because then you could just like you just put it in front of your face and you don't have to worry about it. You can move your face, the mic moves with you. Yep. It didn't didn't work out that way. I was actually thinking about looking into buying one of those this weekend, but um the lapel mic's doing just fine. Yeah. I mean I probably bought knowing myself, I probably bought the shittiest mic possible. <laughs> which was a mistake, but you know. We we move forward. Um all right. And that concludes this week in Mike's. Mike talk. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. I'm Dan Schrader. I'm in uh beautiful Portland, Oregon. Uh just a uh, I was gonna just absolutely rip off a different podcast intro. And didn't couldn't just a hop, just a stone's throw away from. <laughs> don't, I can't do that. Don't don't bother. Uh, Restart again, Cliff. Mm. In rhythm. I, I can't answer that without knowing where we are in the strategy of it all. Mm. Critical is a much better word than negative. This is one that we probably should have prepared for. A kind of a bullshit question. I'll just I'll leave it there.